You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. The word of the Lord. You can take a seat. Thanks, Jeff. Well, right after that question was posed, mini donuts or cotton candy, I heard from behind me, why choose? I can make it work. I'm going to assume it was Tony that said that. Awesome, guys. Well, I haven't introduced myself yet. My name is Brad. I'm uh, one of the pastors here. Uh, excited to see so many new faces this morning uh, visiting with us. Thank you for uh, trusting us with your time. We're actually kind of landing the plane on a, on a series we've been doing over the last two and a half, three months on the Sermon on the Mount called A New Humanity. And so what this series has been about is kind of, I've been explaining it kind of as Jesus' inauguration speech, that Jesus has shown up, he's planted his feet firmly in the history of humanity, and he has invited people into his kingdom. And the, the confidence we can have in his kingdom all culminates in his, his life first, but also his death and his resurrection. But when we then ask ourselves, how do we live as citizens of his kingdom in the world that we live in? That's what chapters 5 through to 7 have been. And he said, listen, you can, you can just worry about the outside or you can allow the spirit of God, the kingdom of God to make its way into your heart and truly change you from the inside out. And so this is literally the, this is not a new topic. This is the ending of everything that we've been talking about for the last three months and everything that Jesus is, is speaking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, he talks a bit about building and things like that, and I think we all know that some places are better to live in than others. Some, some of us maybe even have stories about places we've lived in. My wife and I affectionately call our first home the cave, or uh, the rat house, or the mouse house, I guess. Um, and there is very, very good reason for both of those uh, titles. And some of you maybe have stories about uh, places that you've lived in in the past. And uh, some homes, it's immediately evident, evident they're not great locations. I've got a few shots here. Um, might not be the ideal uh, place to live. Uh, that's the next one. Yeah. Might cause some problems. I did double check. That's not Photoshop. Now, this is in, uh, in Virginia, I believe. And uh, it didn't start like that, but uh, there, I believe it just sold last year. Uh, <laughs> to who is the really, the really big question. 
Um, when, when, we, when we first bought the, the home that we're living in now, we, we hired an inspector to come. Or actually, the inspector was a friend. But he went and he looked, and he looked through the house for a little while, and then he came out. And in my mind, I believe the outside is yeah, kind of average. It looks all right. There's little areas falling apart. And uh, Sean is his name. He came out, and he said, this house has good bones. Meaning, it's well put together. You don't need to worry about this just falling down while you're sleeping. It's, it's well built. It's got good material. It's going to last a long time. The invitation of, of Jesus in the text that we're looking at today is for you and I to build our life both with the right material and to build it also in the right location. That's the question everyone was asking in Jesus' day. What many people are asking today, which many of you are asking this morning, how do I build my life with the right material and build it in the right location? We see in the first half of the text we're looking at, Jesus says, build your life using the right material. Because we we can often go down the wrong road with the, the way we try to build our life, even to impress God. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Evildoer sounds so negative. It simply means you chose the other kingdom. You chose to not live in my kingdom. Some people are going to try to build their lives on merit. Jesus says you don't build your lives on merit. You don't build your kingdom life on merit. Here they're appealing to their prophecies, their exorcisms, miracles, massive events that many people would have been in awe of. But Jesus says doing works, even spectacular works, is not the same as doing God's will. God's will is more about compassion than it is about power. And we've seen that throughout this series. They boast about their accomplishments in the name of Jesus, but apparently they don't even know him. It wasn't about obedience. It was, it was about display for them. But Jesus says it's about mercy. That's my law. My law is about mercy. The prophet Micah in the ancient uh, Hebrew scripture says this in Micah 6, 8. He says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? It's not big events. Some of us churches need to learn that too. It's not about the spectacular. It's to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If you're wondering if you are living the kingdom life, if we're wondering if we're living out as good citizens of the kingdom of God, are we, do we love to show mercy even when people deserve the worst? Do we, do, we, do we walk humbly with our God in his grace, in his mercy? Uh, James, who was an early leader and also the brother of Jesus, he wrote this in one of his letters. In James chapter 1, he says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law, when he speaks of the perfect law, he means God's law of love introduced by Jesus. It gives freedom and, and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. And Jesus says this in his text, obeying it. They will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, Pastor Brad, deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In other words, it's not the glamorous stuff that Jesus is after. It's not the glamorous stuff that God is after. It's not the big crowd. It's do you walk humbly and do you have an eye for the, the downtrodden and the broken? So how do we make sure we build our lives with lasting material? We do it with obedience to his kingdom. 
And it's manifest in ourselves in this, in this new humanity. And I think to, to get a, a better idea of what Jesus is after here and what he is warning against, we can take a look at, at a story that actually is its complete opposite that we, we find later on in the same gospel that Matthew writes about. There's another group in front of Jesus, seemingly on judgment day, who he's, he's congratulating for their life in his new humanity. He says, uh, he says this, the king will say, that's Jesus, to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance in the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then they will say, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? So you, you, have, you have one group who are surprised that Jesus did not give them recognition. And then you have another group who are surprised that he did. They didn't, they didn't show up on judgment day and go, here's all the stuff that we accomplished. They showed up surprised that in God's grace and mercy, he recognized the small stuff, the small showing of humility and mercy to those in need. The stuff that the world didn't give a rip about, God's got his eye on it. Humble obedience is always the acid test of whether or not we belong to God's kingdom. So how, how's our humility level? <laughs> it's not lip service. That's not what he's looked at, not what Jesus is after. It's not a big production, something we should always remember, as I mentioned, as a church. It's a continued declaration with our lives that all that is worth identifying with, all that is worth hoping for and in is found in Jesus and in his kingdom. And man, I mean, we, don't we see it in our, in our individual lives every week? We can be drawn to these tiny stories and tiny kingdoms that have no life in them. If you ask yourself if that's you, just when you've caught yourself going onto Facebook or, or any social media with a specific assignment in mind, and then half an hour later you realize, I've been wandering through another kingdom looking for something I don't even know what. Jesus says, build your life on my words and in the wisdom of my kingdom. And then his next challenge is this, build it in the right location. Make sure you are building your life in the right location. Verse 24 of today's text. Anyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and who does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who, who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and they beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Other than wanting a house that had good materials, we are, we are, we are when my wife and I bought a place, we, we wanted to pay attention to a few other things around our home. And some of you have gone through this stuff. We wanted to know about the school situation. Fortunately for us, the school was literally behind our house and it was a good school. We wanted to know, um, were we close to the floodplain? We wanted to look at the maps of the city and if the Coquitlam River rises, are we going to wake up, you know, needing our snorkeling equipment or were we going to be okay? 
Were people going to be gathering at our house for safety? How close were the supermarkets, the buses? Uh, how long would it take to get to the highway in case we needed to go into Vancouver? We wanted to make sure that the land, the land around us had a good history. We wanted to look at the history of it. We, we talked to some neighbors, just a few of them, to get a bigger picture. Now, that's an important groundwork to do. You want to look at the history and you look, want to look at the foundation of where we build our lives, emotionally and spiritually. Where are we building our lives? There's some places that are obvious in our lives that would not be physically a good place to build homes. Um, if you want to build in Florida, I'll, I'll guarantee this is not what they use on their pamphlet. Florida gets 41% of all the hurricanes that hit the U.S., so if you're, going to build, if you're going to build a house and live in Florida, this is a very real possibility. And we, we hear it every year and we see it on the news. If you don't like tornadoes, don't move to Alabama or Georgia. Between those two states, they've had already had 82 tornadoes in 2023. They've already had 20... And if you're like me and you watch the news and every couple of years there's an earthquake in San Francisco, you might rethink building there as well. Yet, like, I, I don't know about you, but anytime you hear these things on the news, you're like, why are people continuing? Like, just move. Don't rebuild that house there. Yet some of us, if we were to be honest and take a look at our lives, we've built our lives, our emotional lives, our spiritual lives in some very similar kinds of places. Some of us, if I said, I want you to pick an image that represents how, how this last year has felt emotionally, you might pick one of these pictures in your life. Some of us keep finding ourselves feeling weathered, like the floods are rising, like the rain continues to come. Well, the invitation of Jesus is, is, is giving is, is to build within the solidity of God's kingdom. And for many today, we choose small, fragile kingdoms rather than an eternal kingdom. Today, those kingdoms are called isms. We pick our isms and we attach ourselves very strongly to them. And some of us, if we were to track our talk during the week, our conversations, our community, our, our music, our podcasts, our TikTok, we would find that we are locating ourselves more and more in isms rather than Christ's eternal, solid kingdom. And whenever we build our lives on an ism, we are building ourselves into the current age, which is passing. Whether it's conservatism, transgenderism, liberalism, traditionalism, romanticism, capitalism, they are all ways to try to build an identity. And if we do those, we will find ourselves in a constant, constant state of anxiety, fighting for real estate in a location that is prone to earthquakes and hurricanes. See, Jesus sees our lives as more precious often than we seem to. <laughs> We're willing to build anywhere it feels good for a time. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Keep my, keep my eternal kingdom in mind. He understands the frailty of the human condition. He understands what we walk through. Scripture is very clear with that. Christians, unlike any other religion, worship a God with scars. He knows the human condition. He knows rejection. He knows brokenness. He knows misrepresentation. He knows being canceled to the highest degree. Well, in reality, the resurrection shows he does not know how to be fully canceled. He just won't do it. 
He says, in light of being, in light of being the one who holds all of eternity in his hands and, and yet lives the, lived out the human experience through to the end, he says, listen, in, in light of perspective, my perspective, my eternal perspective as king of all creation, build where things last, where wisdom tells you it is wise to build your lives. It's in trust and obedience to his words, the words that we've been going through this, this last couple months, that we plant ourselves in his eternal, unshakable kingdom that he invites us into through his life, death, and resurrection. So in all of that, finally, he is saying this, make sure you have the right architect. I'm a horrible architect for my, for, I was going to say for my wife, for my life. And sometimes she ignores me too, and probably at times for good reasons. <laughs> but we need the right architect in our life. There are so many voices that are going to yell at you, to you today and this week and say, hey, let, I've got a design for your life. Why don't you camp your life right here? It says in verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. Everyone else who taught in Jesus' day and prior to him always pointed to authority they were given from God the Father or they would point to the Holy Scriptures and say, by this authority I speak. Jesus didn't have to do that because he's the word of life. He's the eternal word, the solid word, our refuge, our strength. He had taught as one who had authority and not like the teachers of the law. <laughs> it's just kind of a funny comment and a bit of a dig at the teachers of the law. <laughs> I, as a pastor, as a friend, I have spent time with and witnessed many people who have built their lives according to their own plans that they've often taken on from other people who've modeled it out. I've seen their lives fall apart. I've seen the wind come, the storms come, the tornadoes and the hurricane, and knock their lives down till it's rubble on the ground. And some people, that'll be a moment where they say, I need a new architect. Other people, and some of us maybe in this room have experienced it, will pick up the same rotten, termite-infested wood, pick up the same material that had black mold in the walls, and they'll build it again, using the same material on the same precipice they did before, and they just think, if I try harder this time, it'll be better. And it's wreck after wreck after wreck. See, every time I say, I'm going to try harder, that this new relationship, this new job, this new location, this will be what makes me happy. This will be what makes me secure. It's like rebuilding a house with the same rotten material. On the same dangerous precipice, with the same crappy architect. Jesus says, you need a new builder, you need a new building, a new location, new material, and you need me as your architect, the one who holds all of creation together by his word, the one who built you and know, knows your body intimately, knows what you were made for, something so much better than what you're settling for. Because only things, Scripture is very clear, and Jesus is very clear, only things that are done in the name and in the will of Christ are built to last. Everything, is made, everything else is made to be temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. So when wind comes, when, when, when floods rise, we do not lose heart. Though inwardly we are wasting away, yet, yet uh, sorry, outwardly, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Keep in mind, when Paul uses the word light, he's in a prison chained to a Roman guard. 
Not being fed and being beaten and being persecuted and being maligned. That's Paul's version of light persecution. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Nothing else in our lives, Paul says, is meant to be the building material or the prime location. They can all be taken away. We find the home we were created for when we build our life according to God's plans. Don't build your life out of the decorations that go in front of your house. See, a lot, well, a lot of us, we, those things that are, that are meant to be on the outside, we put them in the center and they're fragile to be in the center. They're meant to be the, the Christmas decorations and the garden gnomes. Don't try to build your house out of garden gnomes. First of all, it's ugly. Don't build your lives out of things that should be packed after a season and not used again. Don't build, don't build your life out of simple life tools. Build them on the solid foundation of the kingdom. Jesus says, build your life with kingdom material and build it within the kingdom and he is the only authorized, truly authorized, proven with the resume, architect. The one who builds their house on the sand and the person who builds the house on the rock are both going to have storms. They're both going to have hurricanes. They're both going to experience tornadoes and wind. The storm-free life is not the promise. That's not the promise in what Jesus is saying. And Paul is clear with that as well. Eternal solidity in the, the promises of his kingdom of building with real materials, with real location, and with him as the architect gives us an eternality in our lives, emotionally and spiritually. And scripture goes on to tell us in 1 Corinthians 15, even physically when God brings, when Jesus brings in his kingdom fully with all of new creation and new resurrected bodies. But Paul says this uh, earlier in that same text in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. So even though we look fragile, there's this treasure in us to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side. We have the winds come. We are, but we, we do not despair. We're persecuted. The tornadoes are coming, but we're not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because we have built our life in the right location. We've built our life with the right material, and we've, we've allowed the, the right architect to build our lives. About a, a decade and, and a bit ago, I, I, I blew the, the meniscus in my, in my right knee. Um, I, I wanted to make sure the right person went in there. We were going to do some home surgery, some do-it-yourself off YouTube. But I decided to go to an actual... We weren't. You guys took that really seriously. <laughs> You're like, can you do that now? Let me... <laughs> and so... No. <laughs> Uh, I ended up getting a, a surgeon to work on my knee who was actually uh, associated with the, the Canadian Olympic team for the, the Winter Olympics in 2010. I thought, okay, this, this guy's got the resume. I'm going to be out when he works on my knee, but I can trust him. I was even more reassured when they, when they put a mark on my leg before, if you guys ever had surgery, so they make sure they go into the right appendage. This one, put a big X on it. That made me feel even better. Made me feel like I was in good hands. When my car has a problem, I don't have the right tools. I don't have the right expertise. I cannot take care of itself. I go to someone who has the resume to work on my car. Guys, if Jesus is the unique son of God, who created, sustains the universe by his word, who came to earth as a man performing miracles, including his own resurrection, 
And if what he taught and did was predicted by prophets hundreds of years before he arrived, was confirmed by his resurrection, then what he says about the entrance into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, about how I ought to build my life, about how you ought to build your life, it is confirmed and, and he, he anticipates where our lives are going, then he has the resume. He is the architect that all of us need. What he says about you and I, about how we ought to live in godly wisdom for blessed lives, that doesn't mean perfect lives, about the good, proper life, how and where we ought to live our lives for eternal be benefits, that can be trusted. We see it in his life, death, and resurrection. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down and the rains will come down. The streams rose and the streams will continue to rise. The winds blew and they will continue to beat down against our lives. Yet they did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. Guys, the kingdom, and we, we hit this all the time, the kingdom is not about a list of rules that you and I are called to. It's a new vision of, what, of living out a true reality, an eternal reality, and living that reality, and living out what really matters in our lives. Some of us keep building with the same rotten materials, thinking it's going to be different. It's what Jesus calls foolish. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, Scripture tells us. That means the beginning of wisdom is understanding that he is the eternal center. Everything else is not building material. Everything else is decoration. And is used properly and can be enjoyed properly when it's built around his kingdom and the person of Christ is the center. That Jesus is firmly seated on the cosmic throne and so his authority and, and the right perspective to ignore these facts in our lives means we will find lesser stories to attack ourselves to, we will attach ourselves to, we will find weaker material to build our lives out of. So I don't know where this finds you this morning. Maybe for some of you, maybe your arms are so tired from trying to hold up the walls from falling in because the material that we build our lives in is just shoddy. It's just not, it's not built it's not the right material to build your life with. Some of us, we're so sick of the roof caving in in our lives and, and trying to do patchwork. And some of us maybe feel like we're like building a plane while it's going down the runway and we're just trying to get it all together or a train while it's going down the tracks. Our whole lives feel like that because we're just patching it up as we go. Jesus says, knock that all aside before life does. And let's start with new material. Let's start with kingdom material. Let's start with the true resurrected architect to speak in and build our lives around. He is the solid rock. He is the firm foundation. And it might be time for some of us, maybe just in small ways, maybe in full ways, in full repentance of, of walking down the wrong path as we talked about last week, we need to invite the new architect to do a work in our lives. So let's pray and let's invite him to do that right now. Jesus, there are as many stories as there are people in this room. There are as many ideas uh, and ideologies and isms of how we ought to build 
our life as there are people in this room. And we can be pulled this way and that way, and it can look so good on the brochure, it can look so good on the pamphlet. And when storms come, we find we just don't have, we don't have the ability to hold it together. I am so thankful that the ongoing invitation of the kingdom, the ongoing invitation of you, Jesus, representing the Father, is open arms to welcome us in. And so, Father, many of us here have been broken by others around us. We've been broken by life circumstance. Maybe we've been broken by, because of our own foolish decisions. We lay those at your feet today. And if we, if we need to confess that we've been building with the wrong materials and ignoring your kingdom, we confess we don't want to do it anymore. And if we've been led astray in, in small ways, we want to sever our ties there. And we want to place you back at the center, Jesus. And some of us show up here and we are so tired. We're so tired. We've been holding the walls up. We've been trying to keep the roof metaphorically above our heads and we just feel so exhausted and the anxiety and the, the, the loneliness and the depression just seems to be growing. Holy Spirit, please be our comfort right now. Please fill us with hope because you give us hope even when it, things seem hopeless. Please give us peace because you can give us peace even when things seem chaotic. And we confess to you that we will, we proclaim to you now, we will build our lives around you. We place you, Jesus, firmly at the center. And so we live out our lives as an expression of the love, an expression of the grace you've already shown us, not as an effort to gain it, but an expression of the fact that you've already given it to us. We thank you for the forgiveness you offer. Jesus, we thank you that you went where we could not go, that you took our burden to the cross so that we did not have to carry it. May we live in light of all the forgiveness offered us because of your death. And may we live in the life of everything you offer for us because you exploded out of the grave. May we live in that light. May we live in that the peace and the joy and the hope and the identity of your kingdom. Thank you for the extremes you went through to purchase us and welcome us in as citizens of the kingdom of God. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.